well, out here on the range, you can hear the crickets uh, recording from the backyard of Swindle Manor here in Atlanta, Georgia. An embarrassing place to be fired is an airport parking lot. But there are other bad places to be fired, Lane Kiffin. For instance, uh, Ryan. Uh, a renaissance fair is an embarrassing place to be fired. Ooh, especially if you don't work there? Yeah. Cause nobody, wor- nobody works at a renaissance fair, so if you're getting fired, by definition, you have some other job. Sir, can one be fired if you're an indentured servant? <laughs> no one is released from serfdom. That would be my favorite response if you were fired at a Ren fair. Like if Lane Kiffin's like, you can't fire me, dumbass. It's a Renaissance fair. You own me. I'm a serf. You'll have to sell me or something. You're going to have to kill me. You're gonna... <laughs> I know that Lane Kiffin argued with Pat Hayden. Like, I kind of like to think he got down to that level, right? Like, you're going to have to kill me to get me out of this job. And Hayden was like, all right. Then he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Pat Hayden reached for his, his axe. <laughs> his nine. <laughs> his Saturday night special. <laughs> he had just one of the ladies once, like yes. the little derringer. Pat, Pat Hayden holds up a hand and, and, and four red lights appear on Lane Kiffin. Of course, he doesn't know what that means. So they had to call it off because he's just like looking at the lights like, what the fuck is this glowy stuff on me? What, you playing laser tag? I mean, he's a coach. I hate laser tag. He knows what a laser pointer is, right? So he's like, are you guys going to illustrate a defense or something? Because um, I'd like That would be helpful. That'd be good because Clancy's not – I mean, it's it's confusing. I, uh, I think another really embarrassing place to be fired would be at a funeral. Uh, Build-A-Bear is an embarrassing place to get fired, especially if you work there. Or if you are a bear. Or if or if you are one of said built bears. Or if you're on a date and your boss just built talk. bears or is a very all all bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're on a date and your boss walks up and fires or, you at build a bear. Or if you're uh, if if you're uh, performing in the porn being filmed on the USC Coliseum Stadium. Uh, fired mid actually how Lane Kiffin was fired. Fired mid coitus. <laughs> that's a real story. Uh plasma donation center. That's a that's an embarrassing place to be fired. I think it would be embarrassing to be fired uh in the middle of childbirth. Sure. Yeah. My son, you're fired. <laughs> He's gonna be poor. What what if you were the baby and you got fired? <laughs> what if that's the first thing that happened to you upon entering this world? Just Vince McMahon coming in and yeah! <laughs> What if your baby fired you? <laughs> Said that was horrible. I'm never frequenting this establishment again. I'm I'm so glad to be out and this is this is the last we'll speak. I'd be like Damn, that's one erudite baby. This is a strange plot twist for Downton Abbey, but I'm I'm following it. What were your baby's first words? They were, I gave you one star on Yelp because I couldn't give you zero. <laughs> I waited nine months for a table. <laughs> My baby was precocious and a dick. Uh, yeah, I um, I think when we're talking about like Lane Kiffin being fired, the circumstance that really amuses me most when you get down to it is... I don't, if you were following inside USC on Sunday morning, which remember this happened late, not just for the West Coast. This happened at 4:28 a.m. Pacific, right? 
So we're truly in the graveyard shift because everyone was waking up having breakfast, right? Like I was in a hotel room in Austin and it just starts popping up, you know, Lane Kiffin fired, Lane Kiffin fired. And pray tell, remind us who that was, who, who told the world that Lane Kiffin was fired. Uh, that was uh, Pat Hayden himself. <laughs> so if we can just review the details of Lane Kiffin's past firings, uh, one, a dedicated press conference uh, devoted exclusively to illustrating how much of a liar he was and how badly he needed firing. And, right. and now a press release before anyone else could really get the story saying, no, 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 no. We did that shit. We, we think the press release was dictated as he was firing Lane Kiffin or like before Kiffin even really processed what was happening. I think maybe it was, or, or, or maybe, uh, or maybe he, he forced Kiffin to write it like an apology <laughs> gun to his head, like digging his own grave. <laughs> you type that letter. And like, he, you know, he was like trying to sneak little things in like Lane Kiffin has an enormous cock back, 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 back. Take that out. I like how it included, uh, it said after an 0-2 start in the Pac-12. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I mean, we know your team is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they really, the, that was the part that, that amused me second most, was the that USC announced it and wanted you to know they were the ones. It was like a terrorist attack, right? When, like, j- like jihadis of Yemen come forward and go, no, 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 y'all. That, that was us. That was us. Claiming it seconds after it happened. And it was at an airport. <laughs> Which they're all too happy to share, all too happy to confirm those details behind the scenes. My favorite thing about this, though, and it is a silly and useless detail, but a great one, was that one USC player was thrown off after going to his Manhattan Beach house and finding out the cost of Lane Kiffin's pillows. Now, do you think that, like, Nick Saban has a poor house that he shows to players, like, so he doesn't offend them? Because, like, <laughs> I just think, like, everything Lane Kiffin does, Nick Saban probably does the exact opposite. So does he just have, like, um... Like a rental? No, no, no. Like Nick, a trailer. Like, no, like Nick, this, I'm just humble Nick Saban. This is my trailer. Your, no. your house is probably nicer than mine. <laughs> Nick Saban. You're, you're going to be really rich someday. Four um, words. Nick Saban trap house. Yeah. Some boys on the corner. Nick Saban's boys. Ayo. Ayo. PlayStation. I got a, I got a, I got a PlayStation. That's your cocaine dealers. I have I have five naked women cooking rocks on the stove so I got that, that I can make sure they're not stealing any of my product. I got that work if you need it. That's he does. Nick Saban has a trap house where he takes it. And then when it's time to recruit AJ, Mc- oh, actually, he probably took AJ McCarron to the trap house. Let's be honest. Yeah, AJ definitely has a "let's go downtown to buy drugs" vibe to him. If he, I bet AJ McCarron has a map to the trap house tattooed on his body somewhere. It's a I mean, co- it's a code actually. If you, if you put him under ultraviolet light, it glows, right? Now, now I'll tell you this: he's got the Mobile Skyline tattooed on him. So yes, yes, he does. <laughs> Just look and you'll see one. By default. It's, it's the tallest building in Mobile. <laughs> it's a trap house. That's the mayor and lord of the trap house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah the, like, yeah, when it's time to recruit, like, you know, someone from Hoover, 
he takes them to his actual lake house, right? There's just my humble lake house. About three million, coach. It's about four point two with you know some renovations. What if Nick Saban just breaks into other people's houses while they're on vacation and uses them? In Al- that's, that's legal in Alabama. <laughs> now, does he do that? He'll break into a recruit's house and um, steal the kid. Well, you got to demonstrate that you really want him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, as long as the parents sign, it all works out. Speaking of being stolen at gunpoint, we now have head coach of USC. I can't even get it out without laughing. Because <laughs> this is real life. <laughs> coach Ed Orcheron <laughs> rides again. <laughs> um, if and, and Jason, earlier today you tweeted, maybe the most insightful thing I've seen about how unreal a situation this is. Uh, yeah, just fascinating that uh, Ed Orgeron is giving injury updates, which Lane Kiffin never did. Um, and he's doing them about a player who transferred from Penn State who used to play for Joe Paterno. Now he plays for Ed Orgeron. Um, they sort of have the same build. Joe's smaller, same shape, kind of, same shape of head. Same um, uh, lack of control of volume. Square head, yeah, in, in opposite directions. If they both spoke at the same time, it would probably sound like a, it would probably modulate into a, a, a normal sounding human, but, uh, strange accents, both of them. Yeah, if you, um, I was trying to say, if you really, if you sped Ed Orgeron up, you'd get Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Think about it. Run it in your head. It works. How terrified are they of what they've done that they won't just come out and say, no, obviously Ed Orgeron is not going to get this job full time. They're too scared to say that, so they have to say, "Well, you know, he'll be evaluated just like any other candidate." They know that if they tell Ed Orgeron that this is a limited time deal, he will get naked on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Ed Orgeron's uh, bio—a crucial part of that bio—is listing that he met his wife at the Liberty Bowl, <laughs> which. Like the ending of Breaking Bad, it took me about 12 to 16 hours to really properly process what that meant. It meant that Ed Orgeron found his wife in the wilds of Memphis. And do you know who his star was hitched to for that Liberty Bowl? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Who? Paul Pasqualoni. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Sweet Jesus. Now, do you think that uh, Paul P.'s face is like that because he witnessed... uh, Coach, Coach O doing doing uh, something unspeakable. Coach O Corton. <laughs> That's what I think. That's when you talk about unspeakable. I think Paul Pasqualoni was a normal human being, capable of moving the muscles in his face before he saw Ed Orgeron and loved at work. The man, the man is a magician. We know he can. We know he can evaluate. We know he can recruit. Listen, as long as you keep the boutonniere on the whole time, you're being a gentleman. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm flipping through uh Bruce Feldman's meat market right now. Just uh trying to find a, a choice passage, but literally everything the man says is um just the opposite of everything we've ever been told USC is. If you said, Hey Ed, um that's indecent exposure, I think his response would be Is it? <laughs> but but the UCLA game is gonna be real fun now, right? Oh, oh god. <laughs> 
because because Jim Mora is the the reasonable one now. <laughs> yeah, because and because Jim Mora, there's I can't imagine a taunt that Jim Mora would not rise to. So if Ed Orgeron was like, uh, "We're gonna drink all this poison at halftime, prove who's the better team." <laughs> Jim Moore would be like, I'm going to drink twice as much poison. <laughs> Just sitting there sweating, convulsing. No, no, he goes down last. He goes down last. Dad used to make me do this in the summers. That's something Jim Moore Jr. Jim Moore probably did to his son, right? A little bit of arsenic every day, right? Don't ever lose weight or you'll die. Stay at that same weight, young Jim. You're loaded with poison. <laughs> Just like my Saints teams. The uh, the the other fascinating thing, by oh. the way, this week uh, that happened. I'm not. Oh no, we're, we're not getting away from Ed Orgeron. <laughs> I could talk about Ed Orgeron all day. I mean, do you know what a nightmare one of our staff writers does? Do you know what a nightmare his, his old Miss tenure really was? That 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 at one point they decided to just set off fireworks in the daytime. That's how discombobulated Ole Miss was under Ed Orgeron. Scheduled to have a fireworks display. To be fair. To, to be fair, uh, fireworks do count as um, indoor lighting in the state of Mississippi. That's probably the only way they could light their classrooms. So uh, strong on academics. <laughs> that, that, that fireworks in the middle of the day is something you do when an animal is loose from the zoo and you don't know where it is. It's hiding. <laughs> well. Like, we just got to get it out in the open and shoot it. I think the I think the Southeastern American, Northern American uh, Orgeron qualifies as that. Oh, if you, if you try, try if you have kids, try this. Uh, I assume you own a book in the Babar series. Imagine Ed Orgeron as Babar. It's seamless. <laughs> All the other characters remain the same. Ed Orgeron, vaguely French king of the elephants. Because we're, we're rooting for him to run the table, right? Yeah, uh, make, the, make this a tough decision. Make, make Pat Hayden think twice about hiring anybody but Ed Orgeron. I'm actually rooting for him not to run the table, but to get a, an unfavorable bowl matchup and then improbably win that bowl. Well, what's like, going to happen? He, Go ahead, finish. Well, I was going to say, like, let's say, like, three loss USC gets, I don't, I don't know, draws like two loss Oklahoma, and they just swamp Bob Stoops. That's what that would be my ideal world of worlds. Um, let me go ahead and just beat you to this. The uh, the question asked by reader Sam Duran: After getting fired, did Kiffin? Get well, he says. Did Kiffin got? <laughs> did Kiffin got an airport Cinnabon? He misspelled Cinnabon too, which I feel bad about because one, he's not good at spelling. That's okay. And two, I know what the proper spelling of Cinnabon is. That occupies some space in my head. Yeah, but, that's on you. Yeah, but but life's a gift, and you should appreciate every second <laughs> to complete the shame sandwich while waiting for the ride. I don't know what the other ingredient in the shame sandwich is. Um, I'm assuming it's pills. Of some sort, but uh, yeah, he got a Cinnabon. You're damn right. No, that's the problem. It was it was at a time of day where he couldn't get any food at the airport. That's what's so shameful about it. The thing is, Lane Kiffin would have no shame in waiting for the airport Cinnabon to open. Like, if you want to shame me at three in the morning, you have to go to a village inn. 
That's true. And you have to, like, fall asleep at the table with your face and some, like, hash browns. You either have to do that or you have to go to Albertsons and be like, yeah, just this Entenmann's cake to go, please. Just, where where do you keep the forks? It would just be you and Brett Bielema at 3.30 in the morning at Village Inn. <laughs> Every damn time. Both with your face burbling in a mix of eggs, hot sauce, potatoes, and bacon. And you're doing it because you're asleep, and Brett Bielema is doing it because that's how he prefers to sleep every Brett, night. That's actually the only way he can breathe. Yeah. Brett Bielema loudly complaining that the Constitution means he should be allowed to plug in his karaoke machine. <laughs> but but it does. That's how I, that's how I met my wife. <laughs> Just plugged it in at a blackjack table. Come get me, security. Life short. Um, I, uh, I also think that the fascinating thing from USC cutting loose is that they get screwed, screwed yet again <clears throat> for the second time in a row because remember the Kiffin thing was a little last second because Pete Carroll was like, yeah, later. Uh, they get screwed because Texas might be hiring as well. They get blocked. They get blocked out on, on at least one other major job now. But is, can't they use that against Texas? Like, can't they figure out the candidate that they don't want? Let me put it this way. Can they use this to get Texas to pay Jack Del Rio $9 million a year? <laughs> you know, capitalism is a perfectly logical system, and Jack Del Rio being paid $9 million a year is proof. The market, I think, the market yeah, I, makes no mistakes. Well, I think what you're getting at is um, USC won't be able to hire Cam Cameron because Texas will already have. Right, right, yeah. Can they? That's that's the move I would make if I were USC. Use their wealth against them. At this point, with the machinations behind the scenes at either program, are there two programs you trust less to hire a good coach? I mean, besides like FIU, just take FIU off the table. Like two major programs where you're like, oh, they're gonna fuck this up. Like USC and Texas right now are kind of up there, no? The thing I like about Texas is the last odds has said he didn't ever want to hire, you know, hire another football coach, but he's staying on until 2014. So he's going to have some sort of role in hiring a coach he didn't want to hire, which I like, does Mac Brown have a son? Is there, is there, uh, an imposter Mac Brown that the last odds is going to push for? Is it going to be, uh, an Apple White situation? Oh, Operation oh, Apple White? oh, that's, that's what's happening here. That that'll that'll really get Phil Sims hot. <laughs> they should have hired my son. I'm Phil Sims, and I'm not that bright. You know how many boys I got that... <laughs> who could do that job? We could just <laughs> we could just sew like Matt and whatever my other son's name is. I forgot how many Sims children are there. There's there's Matt. Uh, there's a there's a Chris and Bojangle and Flapjack. Uh-huh. And Steve, teeter totter. Yeah, uh, crumbs, crumbs. There's a there's a Sim Sims. Sims. <laughs> Ardvark. Ardvark. Ardvark's the black sheep of the family. I think he's really um, out of the running here. Isn't uh, isn't Sim Ant a, uh, a Sims? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's one named Phil. He's not even related. He just sort of showed up, and Phil took a liking to him because his name is Phil Sims. His, his name, name is. is- his name is Phil the Fourth. He's he's a junior, but he's called Phil the Fourth because <laughs> he's three times the man his daddy was. That's why. 
Uh, the other thing this week that, uh, in terms of extracurriculars, is uh, that Earl Campbell suggested that uh, Mac Brown should be fired. Then Earl Campbell was uh, corrected that and said he was taken out of context. It seems difficult for me to say that Mac Brown should be fired and then see uh, that it's out of context, unless we're talking about launching Mac Brown as a projectile, which, given his odd shape, not a good use for Mac Brown. No, not ideal. You've you've missed you've missed the point entirely. What he's saying is that Mac Brown is actually a valuable piece of pottery who should be fired in a kiln so that he can be uh, protectively glazed. <laughs> I believe what he was saying is Mac Brown is wired because Mac Brown has been retrofitted with a top of the line home entertainment system. Yeah, but so to speak. it's Texas, so it's probably one that doesn't perform that well despite being very expensive. Correct? Hello? Hello? I think we lost you. You there? Yeah. Hello? Okay, sorry, we're... uh. Technical difficulties. <laughs> oh no! No, no, no! Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Can good. Hear. Well, we'll just keep going. But yeah, you, you we'll pick up at uh, twenty-four minutes thirty-five seconds. Uh, we'll pick up at. Uh, but Texas would be a very expensive home entertainment system that didn't work that well, correct? Yeah, it's it, it's one of those that kind of squeaks and pops, and the channel will change on you, and it'll show the Longhorn Network, which you don't want that to happen. I was very excited that the University of Texas Convention Center Hotel actually has the Longhorn Network. Recent acquisition, I assume. I am very recent, but if you turn it on, it's it's a, it's a lot of Texas. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff about Vince Young on there. Like a good 15 to 20% of the channel is Vince Young devoted. <laughs> Vince Did Young, you? pay no attention to his pro career. <laughs> I know, I think they I think they just cut that selectively. I think they they Pravdaized that. They're like Game Seven, <laughs> two thousand and seven, Tennessee Titans. Just Game Seven, and the peak of it's like a spliced together know. single single game highlight package. Like very very poorly. There's like done. one throw from him with like the Jets, and one throw from he made with the Jaguars, or. You know, and it's, and it's all presented as if it's one game. Exactly. Oh, over ten completions. <laughs> <laughs> and ran ran for at least five yards. <laughs> at least. Uh, that, there's a bit of, of that going on on the Longhorn Network, make no mistake. The, uh, the other thing, by the way, is that guess where Texas plays this Thursday? One of Jason's favorites. They are headed to Ames. Don't knock it till you riot. Ames. The terrifying, a terrifying specter on the horizon. A apparently mediocre Paul Rhodes team on a Thursday night looming, just waiting, a, lurking. A town, a, a town named after someone pointing a weapon at you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just lurking in the corn. Just waiting. That's one of those games that, like every every Iowa State upset, uh, is just just landmines of turnovers, uh, a panoply of mistakes, that weird ethanol cloud that sort of suffocates the sideline there. 
makes your players sleepy thanks to farm subsidies. Damn you, Congress! Do you, do you know what I like best about this Iowa State team, though? Hmm. The quarterback this year is Sam B. Richardson. He, on everything I've ever seen, he insists that the B is in there. And I'd like to imagine that that's a tribute to beloved TV actress Ann B. Davis of the Brady Bunch. Oh, agreed. Absolutely. Because, because Iowa State is the sort of confusingly uh, ever-present maid-slash-cook of the Big 12. <laughs> Just making quips from the side. Right. Just devastating quips like Mr. Brady comes in all high on life and all of a sudden Alice is like, oh, snap, you ain't all that, and I'm still a maid. But, and I'm going to try to fuck somebody in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam and I will have the bondage get The best moment in the Brady Bunch movie is that one tiny little moment where you see Sam and Alice like in like leather running in the middle of the night from one spot to the other. I see you, Amy Heckerling. That was nice. I, now, I don't know if I've ever seen the Brady Bunch. Is there really that much murder in it? A shocking amount of murder. Okay. I wouldn't say it's shocking. Maybe maybe to some sensibilities. It's Southern California. Okay. It's a placid place uh, of great beauty built on murder. Haven't you played Grand it, Theft Auto? It, it'd, be a, it'd be a lot of murder for a family of three, but this isn't a family of three. It's true. It's Life, per capita. Life gets cheap when you have a lot of kids. That's true. That's a lot of conflict. Yeah. Uh, and also, I'm just going to assume <laughs> that uh, that Florence Henderson has probably got you know rage in her veins at all times. Definitely. The, I've never uh, seen the show. But uh, okay, you've never seen. Okay, because this is an interesting question. <laughs> uh, we, right. were we were given a, a question here from uh, T. Holzerman on Twitter. Uh, wrestling aficionado who asked what my favorite episode of uh, of It's Always Sunny is and my answer would be the first one I watch because I've never seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia hmm. uh, I, I saw the first one so I'll roll with that one it's got a uh, it's got a sassy girl and some sassy guys and, uh, uh, I, I've seen I've seen more than one, but I can tell you oh. that I, the the one of the lead characters on the show, Charlie, I am frequently told that that's who I sound like. You do. And Charlie is functionally dysfunctional, I would say. He he pulls his teeth out at random. Uh, he will eat what? anything. Yeah, he this this character will just pop his teeth out because he he takes such poor care of himself. He is. Basically, like you, yeah, to a T. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that would be my that would be my answer. You've never seen the Brady Bunch. I've never seen a single episode of It's Always Sunny. Uh, Ryan, I've never seen Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. That makes two of us. All right, I've seen uh, half of it at times. I've seen clips. Like I'll go and look up clips because people will talk about that scene. I'll be like, oh, well, I should go see that. Like, uh, the scene where everybody talks about, like, you know, draw me like your French girls. I've seen that just so I could understand. Now, this is, this is how you know that you're fully absorbed by the internet, that the MCP has just sucked you into the computer. I went and saw that so I could understand the Fartzilla joke. <laughs> where they're drawing Fartzilla instead of the naked Kate Winslet. 
That's how you know you've gone through the looking glass. Oh, good. You've lost the ability to feel feelings. Past it. Well past it. Uh, which means which means I'm ready for the Big Ten. I'm ready to go ahead <laughs> and walk into that world of numb hearts and uh, blank souls. The uh, I want to answer a couple of more questions before we move on to looking on uh, the uh, – oh, Jason. Oh, oh, Jason. What do you think about Brian McCann's future in Atlanta? You have to answer that because I don't know who Brian McCann is. Um, we specifically requested no baseball questions, so some wise ass. Uh, who who was it that that asked that question? Uh, that'd here. be Pat J. Burns. Thanks, Pat. Um, Brian McCann. Let me list the things I know about him. He, this, uh, is, plays, this is this is not the guy who sings "Start Back at One." No, <laughs> different person. <laughs> oh, all right. No, Brian, Brian McCann is not going to be not going to be singing about squirting anytime soon. Oh, okay. Now, if Brian McKnight played baseball, uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a first baseman. I don't see him running around a lot. He's gonna want he's gonna want a position where he can stand and talk to someone. It seems to be all first basemen do, right? Is uh, a base runner stands there and they tell jokes. They talk about like their butts and their wives and baseball stuff. Why does so, that never tur- like that has never turned into a fight in every other team sport circumstance where you have two opposing players who are talking, I would say conservatively 35% of the time they're jawing at each other and about ready to throw down. But well, that, that never happens at first base. Right, that's the first baseman's job. He, he's, he's actually not an athlete. He's more of a, a counselor, but he doesn't like to be called a counselor. He likes to be called a buddy. Okay. Yeah, Brian. I also know this about Brian McCann. He's sensitive and is an aficionado of uh, etiquette. Which, yeah. if there's one thing that I associate with the city of Atlanta and with those who follow the Atlanta Braves, it's a deep understanding of etiquette. What I'm saying well, the, is the, the fun what, thing what there is he's well, from <laughs> Is he? Yeah, uh, I believe I believe he's from Athens. Hopefully, he's from that uh, that one lot near Sanford Stadium. That's always just absolute hell on earth anarchy. Yeah, and just. Filled like with, he was just filled, born there, and just he, filled with, he just sort of was birthed from a stack of trash. <laughs> uh, but that trash plays the game the right way. <laughs> That's right. You can't you can't really underestimate that. Baseball's a dying sport. Forget about it and stop watching it. Uh, John Boys asks: Are footballs, baseballs, the only sewn objects that hold anything and ain't clothes? Thanks. Hmm. No, no, Beanie Babies. Hmm. That's a that's a good call. Any kind of doll is a good one. I would say another sound object. Anybody who's had extensive plastic surgery. Yeah, I was just gonna say Jerry uh, Jones. Jerry Jones doesn't really hold anything. In fact, he pays people to carry things for him, and he ain't clothes because I've tried <laughs> to wear him as a stole. And trust me, he's he's feisty. Didn't like it. He's loose in all the wrong places and tight in all the other rooms. Uh, it's not pleasant. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, somebody who we could. We have two people on this call who could answer this. Uh, from Razor Hamon, tips for a first time trip to Gainesville. Ooh. Oh boy! Oh man! Uh, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, you should go. Uh, you should know this. Tailgating's very spread out. Uh, Gator fans are apathetic until they walk in the door of the stadium, and then they're pretty apathetic when they walk out. I would uh, not recommend calling the Hogs a lot. The locals tend to be the most violent ones, and they're pretty quiet 
up until the point where they stab you. Holly Anderson swears a friend of hers was actually stabbed by a completely silent, non-trash-talking Gator fan after Tennessee lost, which I don't believe for a second, but apparently it happened. Additionally, I'd recommend you go to Balls. It's a terrible bar. Everyone has to go there. Balls. <laughs> your, your suggestion, Ryan? Um, I think you've covered all of it. I would probably say... God. Uh, on the one hand, you don't want to stay anywhere particularly close campus because everywhere you could stay close to campus is going to be terrible. On the other hand, driving to and from campus for the game is absolute misery. So if you can just sleep in your car, that's probably your best bet. Sleep in your car. It's a very safe thing to do in Florida. Hundreds of German tourists can car, can uh, <laughs> can just back us up on this. Now, um, based on what I understand about Gainesville, it seems to me the thing to do is go to the gun store and steal a car and drive it right under Bill Neal Griffin and just stand on top of that car and fire your weapon into the skies listen, and, listen, uh, that, and then look, take a nap. Look, there is not a gun store in Gainesville. You are given a gun when you get to Gainesville, but it's from a local official or a Girl Scout troop. So I don't want to hear about how easy it is to buy a gun in Gainesville because nobody's bought a gun in Gainesville in 50 years. Also, I would recommend this. You know that thing about not pointing at people because you got three fingers pointing back? Florida's just like that, but with guns. So just think of it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. you got three, mm-hmm. po- three pointing back at you. You're rolling the Ben Hill Griffin. I guarantee you, you're going to be dead in a hail of gunfire like three seconds. That might happen anyway, but, but don't invite it. Now at the at the Publixes in in Gainesville. Publixes, Publixes. Well, well, which Publix are we talking about? Because they're very different. You're talking Archer Road Publix because that's Club Publix. You're going to want to get dressed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the fancy Publix. Okay. I know. Are we talking Main now Main Street Publix, where my friend used to work for the legendary manager Tony Jones of the Main Street Publix. Uh, they had to close that one for a while because it was infested with rats. Hmm. These, these things happen. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> hmm. uh, yes, it's a pretty common thing. Alachua County, where rats are people too. <laughs> now, at a at a Publix here in uh, here in Cobb County, uh, a former manager that I know of once did fire a weapon inside the store trying to take down a bird that was uh, on the ceiling, hit a water pipe. <laughs> And flooded a large portion of the store. <laughs> so, was this in Kennesaw? This was in Marietta. The so closest, the closest we, don't, thing, we don't associate with those people. The closest thing I've seen to that is somebody spe- speeding out of a Gainesville Publix parking lot in a truck with the tailgate flipped down. They had a toilet in the truck, and when they turned out of the parking lot at a high speed, the toilet went flying and shattered in the middle of the street. By the way, I'm just going to go back, Jason. I just imagine this employee discharging a weapon while... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hang on, I need to interrupt you. (laughs) Store manager. Go ahead. The store manager. I just imagine him discharging this uh, firearm to the tune and playing in the background of, like, Sarah by Fleetwood Mac, right? Which is playing, like, one out of every four times I go into Publix, right? So there's this really mournful ethereal Fleetwood Mac song as he's trying to just unloading lead into the ceiling of a Publix. 
Uh, that, made, that made my story better. John Cicada would have been a good choice for that, too. Yeah. There's that. There's <laughs> To the House of Stone and Light. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman. How um, much longer? <laughs> <laughs> <in my soul. laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, one more question. We'll look ahead. Um, if, if, by the way, you, you, you gentlemen, please uh, go ahead and sort through what we have from readers okay, here. I, I, I have a an actual question from it's from Rick Muscles again. Uh, but he said, if you could break any NCAA record, what would it be? I know what my answer is, but I'm curious what you two want to say here. Hmm. I'm going to say the most money given to a recruit. <laughs> are you are you the recruit or the give, giver of the money? Either way is an achievement, but um, I would prefer to be the one to sacrifice my eligibility so that coach can stay on the sidelines. Okay. Uh, mine is also fairly uh, – mine's just pretty humble. I think it's not all that much to ask to be the the leading punt returner with a weight over 350 pounds in yardage. That's a good one. Uh, I was going to pick uh, breaking the 222-0 to zero just to take away what little Georgia Tech – has to brag about at this point. Like, yeah, they, that, they, Mark, they, Rick, Mark Rick should really put that on the list of things to do. <laughs> Two twenty four, y'all. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it would be a two colon twenty four, and then he finds a, a, a book of the Bible to associate it with, and that's why he did it. It wasn't about spite. Listen, like, I don't know. Was that in Colossians or something? Proverbs two twenty four. <laughs> I'm gonna say, listen. You know, smiting's godly. Look it up. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, Jason, do you have a reader question you'd like to answer before we review the uh, upcoming week? From Steve Hummer on Twitter, if Steve Spurrier were a wrestler, he'd be Ric Flair, right? Uh, first, the things they have in common, they are both known for getting needlessly naked. Uh, they're both kind of super fit old guys slash flabby, which that's fine. That's better than, you know, being any other kind of old guy. Um, beyond that, I don't see any similarities. Ric Flair is known for just diving off the top rope, landing on his head, bleeding unnecessarily, um, so on and so forth. Whereas Steve's prayers, other than an occasional visor kick, he's just going to go out there and do the most casual thing he can do to get the victory. But I, I don't know if I have a, a better recommendation. Perhaps you guys do. Um, is he Rick Rude? Are we kind of leaning that way? He can talk like Rick Rude. He'll he'll uh he'll call out say 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 Mark Rick's uh, wife. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's 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 kind of ravishing, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean he's um he's a little sort of I don't know he's he's a little Shawn Michaelsy too because Mister Ass, right? You there? Hello? Oh, man. Technical difficulties, but, you know, we moved closer. Uh, things got a little bit better because Dipset. Dipset? The reason for every season, Dipset. Um, I wanted to go ahead and let's look at next week. Then we'll answer a few more reader questions, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Ames, Texas, Iowa State. Uh, no real rational reason to believe that Iowa State's going to even stay in this game, which is uh, just a perfect setup for them. 
Uh, I am worried, though, that if that happens, that will sap all of the crazy juju and eliminate any possibility that Utah... I don't know if they beat UCLA, but maybe takes it into overtime or, you know, misses a field goal that would win the game, something like that. Now, do you think that if Utah fans preemptively storm the field that Jim Mora will try to fight all of them? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's he's feeling pretty – he's feeling his oats now that he's the king of L.A., right? So this is when his downfall begins. Like now – like this is, by the way, this would be the most UCLA thing – now that Lane Kiffin has uh, been excused from USC and they're in total disarray, that Jim Moore would be like, this is my moment, and then just botches everything from here on out. Are you saying Jim Moore is going to start dressing like a generalissimo or something? On his side? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'll be like Justin Bieber. He'll just have somebody carry him up various tall walls around the world. You know, I think he'll uh, – I think he'll just he'll screw this up because I don't know. I just remember watching him coach the Falcons and thinking ah, he's going to mess this up, and it was never wrong. Yeah, that <laughs> seems to be the trend. I, I, I've been all in on on UCLA's success so far, and I'm, it's 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 fine to see, but things are right around the corner, such as a late night game at Utah. Oh yes, son. Which uh, you know, don't mess with the bus because they'll come on the field. They'll come give you, they'll come give you a little visit. Because they're already atop you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're a little premature, which happens when, you know, you wait a long time to have sex. Hey, Utah. Speaking of Utah, by the way, quite the weekend for Utah because BYU goes to uh, Utah State. If you want to watch uh, Chucky Keaton run and be chased by 25-year-old men, it's a good day to do it. That's not going to be good for Taysom Hill, though, right? Because Taysom Hill is going to think like, oh, man, I'm going a, I'm to a be like Chucky. But he's going to be like Chucky in all the wrong ways. Now we're we're going to see a running quarterback shootout. So like they both take the shotgun snap and start sprinting. Taysom Hill's Taysom Hill's going to run on the field while the offense isn't even on it. Yeah, so they're they're going to throw like running interceptions. Well, yeah, but you know Chucky Keaton will do it with like you know a good sixty sixty five percent completion rate, and Taysom Hill will do it with like a forty percent completion rate because that's what he's firing for the year 2013 40.6 percent but it'll be like a john woo movie and they'll just like run at each other and then doves and you know (laughs) yeah except you know (laughs) except one of those doves will be doves will be pelted out of the sky by an errant (laughs) Taysom hill pass because he has a 40 percent complete like that's my favorite part is people getting really like man Taysom hill you seen him run yep (laughs) (laughs) Never seen him pass, though. <laughs> I've seen him do something akin to throwing or hurling or ejecting the ball from his shoulder, but if, I've never seen him pass a football. Maybe it's kind, of, it's kind of an arm run. Maybe he doesn't have a dominant hand. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. You just don't understand him, Heel. He just doesn't work in your system because he's, he's ambidextrous. Well, what's the opposite of ambidextrous when you're just, you just can't use either hand? I think I believe that's called non-bidextrous. I'm flambidextrous. Uh, yeah, that. I'm looking forward uh, down the schedule even further. Uh, Air Force Navy not happening thanks to the government shutdown. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> that's that. That's that one game. It'll it, it'll start at about eleven thirty, and everyone gets fired up and patriotic for it. And then we sort of forget that these teams play football. Let's be honest. Until uh, the end of the year. Uh, but, uh, a lot of, we can get real mad about it, though. 
I enjoy being very mad about it. But how do you say that? Like when you see it as a hashtag, do you see like, thanks Obama? Like I see it as like the most political ad voice ever, right? Thanks Obama. Paid for by the committee to thanks Obama. So it's not T. Hanks Obama? Yeah, it's not Tom Tom Hanks Obama. Tom Hanks Obama. (laughs) I think at this point I I couldn't imagine anyone saying it non-ironically. So so it's sort of it just comes out with a smirk. Thanks, Obama. You know, like, I'm a smartass on Twitter who thanks Obama for things. Uh, you know what I like to see it as? I like to see it as thanks, Obama, as in thanks of Bama, that everything good comes back to the tide. So thanks, Obama. Well, the thing, the, the thing about Bama is you ain't ever going to see a O in front of a tides record. Mm-hmm. That's right, unless you put it on the losses column. The other thing about the government shutdown effect is that Boston College is now, like, they're they're doing a good job of not showing up, but they're clearly desperate to play this game against Army because they know getting to six wins is going to be just the ugliest struggle. And if they lose the Army game, they are fucked. <laughs> uh, you know, Steve Adazio is their coach. That might be the case with them anyway. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech-Kansas, the sexiest matchup of the year. Got Big Bear Charlie Weiss masculinity, little padding, something for the ladies who feel that big pun vibe, and then across the way, young stunner Cliff Kingsbury. So, really, something for every lady in this game. Mm, and it's at Lawrence. <laughs> Which, the home of sex. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of, say, three BCS conference stadiums with a track around the football field? <laughs> I, I, I believe students are allowed to exercise during games. Actually, just I got I just got to do a couple of laps. I'm doing wind sprints. You know, it's CrossFit, a little conditioning. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, Why not? The basketball team just <laughs> cutting laps. That's what everyone shows up for. Everyone hears the applause, right? It's just them going around <laughs> and a rousing round of applause for the basketball team. <laughs> Sounds like the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, can I go ahead, by the way, and just just put somebody on upset alert here, given the debacle, uh, the PR debacle that it's been so far? I can't believe I'm saying this, but you might want to keep an eye on Illinois at Nebraska. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, it's sort of. Uh, how about we say an eye on the scoreboard? Yeah, keep an eye on the scoreboard. Yeah, okay. It could be interesting for like a quarter and a half. But how terrifying would it be for Nebraska fans if they're tied with Illinois at the end of like the half? If it's like ten ten at the half with Illinois at <laughs> home with those oh so supportive and beloved Nebraska fans. Now you want to you want to talk about voice modulation, Tim Beckman. Um, telling Bo Pelini that you have a real good team. It was an honor to play you. <laughs> keep keep swinging. You'll you'll connect, Slugger and Bo Pelini. You know, like choking him to death. <laughs> Tim Beckman doesn't really understand. So he just keeps talking, getting louder and louder. Why did I stand next to all of those airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> the love of aviation has dented my hearing and ability to understand other people. Oh. Beautiful skies. I was raised by tornadoes. <laughs> That's why I live in Illinois without fear. I see one on the horizon and think, mother. Oh, what a deranged thought, Jason. Then now, uh, um, Georgia State's playing at Bama, which Nick Saban has tried to pour mouth his team and talk of his opponent by pointing out that Akron almost beat Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which, uh, how do, how, does that make you feel good, Brady Hoke? You're the <laughs> yeah, especially when a lot of people on that team remember absolutely whipping Michigan's ass and going, "Really, really, that team?" Uh, speaking of Michigan, uh, they they faced the four and one Minnesota Golden Gophers. Which I'm just going to say this: you struggle against Akron, you're capable of struggling against anyone. The the four of the four Minnesota has is Oh let's not get so, into stop <laughs> oh, Well oh. to be fair, it looks about like Michigan's four. I was gonna say <laughs> let's look at Michigan's four. Yukon, Akron, right? Uh and Minnesota's got four wins. So let's just skate okay, go ahead. Say the say the four they've beat. Fine. UNLV <laughs> New Mexico State. Western Illinois and San Jose State. I will say a a dominant win. It is over, what, over New Mexico State. Minnesota's first four games are like the first time you're playing NCAA on like a season, and you're like, oh, I gotta, whoo, we gotta reschedule these ones. Oh, I don't, uh, whew, Texas early. No, we need to. Hey, Western Illinois, their team. Let's play them. Can we play them twice? Yeah, that's a very. We can only play FCS East once. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we make a subdirectional out of these two schools? FCS East West East. That would be great. I like all the 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 implied traveling. Like if those had all been road games, that's a heck of a road trip. Uh, I mean, Western Illinois, which that's a, it's close to a river. That's that's better than Eastern Illinois. Therefore, easier escape routes, I guess. Um, I would say uh, to you, by the way, uh, a great name one great song of two thousand two. Just one. You can name one. 2002, if you can name one. Hmm. Me? Yes, either of you. Not all <laughs> at once. Okay. Can we look these up? I'm cheating. I have them looked I have them looked up, so I'm going to go ahead and just say don't look them up, okay? Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it's right. I, is it possible Lights, Camera, Action is on there? <laughs> That's not a great song, damn it. <laughs> It is actually Mr. Cheeks lights camera yes. action. Wow. Yeah. Talking lights camera action. Uh, that may be the song that was played most for the least awareness of who actually was responsible for it. Uh, How You Remind Me by Nickelback, number one song of the year, which is proof that you can condemn this entire millennium before it ever got off the ground. Uh, Hot in Here by Nelly, uh, and Georgia, Tennessee. Hence why I'm asking. A really hot game in 2002. And it's 2013. They play this weekend. Hmm. Well, let's get that over with. (laughs) Now, uh, Tennessee is wearing their charcoal gray uniforms, Mm. which um, they have white helmets, which just looks like sheer ass. But I was going to say gray and white, um, sort of like a cremated body. Perfect for what's going to happen to them in this game. The white represents your teeth, the only part that remains. That's, and for a school with a body farm, only appropriate. <laughs> Sticklers for dental records. Um, any, anything else stick out to you, gentlemen, uh, on the week? Because I, I'm obviously we're, we're not we're doing some unranked teams, but uh, red meat in the schedule. Uh, it gets better as the day goes on. We have at the same time Ohio State Northwestern and uh, West Virginia Baylor round two, <laughs> as well as uh, Todd Graham and Notre Dame. Take, take the under. <laughs> uh, sure. 
I am curious for very bizarre reasons about this old Miss at Auburn game, mostly because I feel like I don't like I feel like these could be the same team and I don't know it. Yeah, you know, like if you look at Mississippi's like raw numbers, they're 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 way better than Auburn. Like Auburn's three and one, and that's a pretty flabby three and one thus far. God, Mississippi State is so bad. Uh, Mississippi State's really, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, the thing about Auburn is they didn't get to fluff it up with a game against Texas. That's no. true. No, 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 Mrs. You can't take that away from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> we beat the most profitable program. Some of that money rub off on you, huh? Take a little bit of that home. Uh, Arizona, uh, the game that I'm interested in watching because I like watching things die is Arizona State at Notre Dame. Because either way, this works for me. Notre Dame might get hammered at home and fall to three and three on the season. Joy of joys. Or Arizona State might do what I think they're going to do, which is completely botch all of the momentum and goodwill they have from beating USC and hanging 62 on them by losing to Notre Dame in a low scoring game at, on the road. And then they no, called Dennis no. Erickson. This one's actually being played at Jerry World, so oh, yeah. we could see Todd Graham try to take over the Cowboys during the game. The coup, the coup de Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he has a tattoo that says that? Oh, okay. listen. It's henna, but yeah. That man, that man. Right, right. That man would not commit to a tattoo. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a that's a little bit beyond Todd Graham in more ways than one. By the way, plate. I think he's on his third wife, by the way. That wouldn't surprise anybody. <laughs> uh, we are leaving out a classic rivalry game that I push for every year. New Mexico State, New Mexico. <laughs> which, which, what would one call that rivalry if you were unfamiliar with the actual name? Oh my God. Um, just, would, sad, just sadness. I think we call it Heisenberg's Revenge. The Crystal Fraud Bowl. Crystals, magical receptacles. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a like a really tacky, like but extremely expensive dream catcher. Is Maybe a call it breaking really bad. <laughs> breaking New Mexico football. Winner gets to live in the vortex. So. Yeah. Ooh, uh, a a desperate couple of teams here. By the way, each in different ways. Missouri plays at Vanderbilt. If you would like to watch a contrast of styles and. James Franklin chewing the collar off of his shirt mid-game out of stress, and Gary Pinkle with his resting heart rate of 42, basically a Tibetan monk and or sentient statue. I'm, for, excited, I'm excited for who, whoever calls that game to bungle which James Franklin they're talking about <laughs> at least 15 times. Uh, the one we're in black and gold. <laughs> yeah, that one. It's perfect. Uh, and uh, on the night shift, by the way, this is a quality night shift. Uh, Washington at Stanford, a, the Pac-12 game of the week, certainly. A contrast of styles in that Stanford is a thundering, powerful, physical nine lineman on the team, on the field all at once. And then Washington's never been good. <laughs> that is quite a contrast. <laughs> I mean, really, like 1999. 2000. That's 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 a quite a long time ago. In this millennium, they haven't been good. So it's a real litmus test for Washington to see if they can stand up to the Stanford missionary position hammering that they enjoy. Just a just just a heavy object being dropped on you over yeah. and over again. 
Stanford's those those two dudes in the Mario game that throw hammers at you, and you can sometimes <laughs> beat one of them, but you never get past both of them. I think they're those enormous blocks from Mario Kart, right? That just, you know, I'm just, that's all they are. And it's really breathtaking to watch because it's what Will Muschamp wants to do at Florida so badly. You can see, like, they put nine linemen on the field. And he's like, that's what I want. That'd be great. That's exactly what we need. And uh, we're so incapable of doing it because Stanford is so smart and they've been doing it for so long at this point. And when we do it, it just looks like, you know, like the rec game at Fat Kids Camp. And then frustrated Will Muschamp goes to, like, a pilot and tries to deadlift a gas truck. <laughs> and, but, and Bill Haslam profits off of it <laughs> somehow. Um, one, one rivalry game, big conference rivalry, that I'm excited these teams are in the same conference and they're conference rivals. Clemson at Syracuse. Um, there will be Clemson fans there. There will be South Carolina fans People from South Carolina on the Canadian border watching football inside, um, and this will end poorly. Oh, sweet Jesus. Uh, another game that you want to watch if you like things ending poorly, uh, George Tech at Miami, because uh, Paul Johnson hates his team. He hates himself, he hates his team, hates all of them. So if they're on their own 33 and it's fourth and three, um, you'll want to watch that. Because he's going to go for it, uh, and most likely, probably by calling an option with his quarterback, Badly, who he has admitted cannot run the option because fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the amazing thing—it's—it's he's had all these quarterbacks who can't throw. Now he has one he claims can't run the option. So I don't know, maybe have him throw. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you never played the game, son. <laughs> you don't understand how this goes. I, I get it now. I get it when you put it like that. That Paul, does sound like the best way to win football games. Paul Johnson, are you sure you're grounded? Do you want to work with wiring like that when you're not grounded? Fuck me, that's why. I should be grounded. Well, you could. You could just step off that ladder. I got the ladder. <laughs> Hell no, I ain't calling before I dig. I ain't calling. I'm going to dare the ground to humble me. <laughs>